This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome. To my favorite murder. The mini sewed. It's so teeny tiny. <laughs> <laughs> Look how cute it is. Oh my God. It's just, it's like it, it goes right on the top of your pencil. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to make, George, I was trying to make your picture bigger on the Zoom, and instead it looks like I'm trying to start a chat. <laughs> I'm so like someone's old aunt. Oh, it's impossible. And now I just need to close it. Now close it. Press unmute. Press unmute. Now, what was that thing, the Grandmaster Flash thing? Love Grandmaster Flash. And it was on Facebook when people would tag pictures, they would put grandma, grandma, but they wouldn't see that it actually autofilled Grandmaster Flash. (laughs) So many grandmas tagged themselves as Grandmaster Flash. The most amazing thing that's ever happened. Do you, you know the one guy who like changed his mom's um, autofill? F- so anytime she wrote, I love you, it said like, I shit you. So love was changed to shit. And then it kept going, love, shit, 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 over and over. <laughs> I don't know. There's nothing better because I'm right on the precipice of being totally in the mom's camp of just like, I don't know how these machines work. I'm There's a lot of blind faith involved. Yeah. And at this point in our lives, I refuse to learn. Yeah. Look, if okay. AIM was good enough for us kids... Um, hey, I'll go back to Angel Fire any fucking day of the week. <laughs> tell me, and I'll go. Please, oh, there. Um, you want to go first? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. Okay, but I did make this way too big. And now, get away, both of you. <laughs> Here we go. I'm so excited about this. A hometown dump story. I got one of those, too. We got a few, yes. I, got, I got a few of them. Sent. I've never been more excited so about So exciting. Hey, MFM fam. I live in NYC, but have been staying with my parents in Wisconsin since March, waiting to see if I have a job when my restaurant reopens. I went with my dad to drop off some stuff at the dump when he casually said, did you hear about the man they found last summer who lived in a bunker behind here for three years? (laughs) (laughs) To which I replied, tell me everything. Yep. Uh, I just love the idea of someone saying doing that to their dad. Tell me everything. Girl, dad? open your mouth. <laughs> Spill it. In 2014, a man from Stevens Point, Wisconsin, which is very strange because my friend Bradford is from Stevens oh, Point, Wisconsin, which it. isn't. It's not a big yeah. town. It's very northern Wisconsin. Wow. 2014, a man from Stevens Point, Wisconsin, named Jeremiah Button, was arrested for sexual assault of a child and child pornography. Realizing he faced decades in prison, he decided it was time to move. While out on bail, he biked 30 miles north to a rustic wooded area close to Marathon County's landfill. He dug out a bunker, lining the walls with tarps and cardboard, and brought in food and supplies one backpack load at a time. In 2016, right before his court date, Button left his car, wallet, and a note saying he was moving to Florida. 
for the next three years, Button hid in that hole in the ground, getting all of his necessities from the landfill mm. nearby. Can you Ew. smell? Uh, it would be, I mean. And the food, like, what are you eating? What are, like, it's never... It's a it's all pine cones and peanut butter. You're just like a bird. You're a bird boy scout project is what you are, friend. You can just eat bird seed off a pine cone for all I care. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he dug a well in a wet area of the woods and he had a fire pit with a tin can chimney for warmth. Button even attached an antenna to a tree and used a system of eight solar panels and numerous car batteries to power a TV what? lights and fans. Holy oh, shit. Wait. <laughs> Yeah, this is insanity. Oh, wait, we can't leave this out. He planted marijuana in the woods, harvesting up to a pound a year. Jesus. If he was not a fucking pedophile, I would be in awe of this person. But I hate him. It's like, yeah, if you only had put your energy toward good, you could have been like the greatest camping dude in the world. But instead, you're just a coward. But all this came to an end when a hiker came upon the well-concealed door of the bunker and curiously went inside to find Button. Could you imagine? Don't open the door in the woods. Don't open a door in the fucking woods. Like if you see a door and it's been um, (laughs) well-concealed, get the fuck away from the door. Don't open. There's a reason. That is not a murderino right fucking there. I'll tell you what. And there's not a cute bear in like a ballet tutu inside. It's a well-concealed door. It's a well-concealed pedophile. Not a fucking <laughs> dancing bear. That's pretty much like one of two choices you have of what's in a, behind a well-concealed door. It's either that or the um, what's in from the Princess Bride, the the machine of um, oh of um, something pain. The sign. God damn what it! What is it? It's like the apocalypse machine. Yeah, oh, it's been too long. Cares. Anyhow, um, don't say who cares, Stephen. We can't. I. I. There's nothing I care more about than the movie The Princess. Bride. Me That's too. It's the greatest thing of it's all time. It's the greatest. Those scenes with Peter Falk and Fred Savage are so perfectly, mm. ex- it, it's p- perfectly executed family film. Mm-hmm. It, a child being actually a very realistic child for the 80s, yes, especially. Like kind of a dick. Touch bratty. Yeah. Bratty at first, broken down by the grandfather who's seen it all. Yeah. Seems like a goofball, but actually is telling the greatest story uh, anyone's ever it's heard. It's one of my favorite movies. And the turn of when he's like, it's okay, you can tell me the kissing part yeah. at the end is the best thing oh, that's ever Grandpa, happened to Grandpa, will you America. come over and read it to me again tomorrow? Oh, it's the cutest. Also, I just have to say, met Fred Savage <gasps> when I worked in episodic that's uh, right. television. He's everything you want him to be and more. <sighs> Thank God. He's exactly the same looking and sounding. <laughs> the first time I heard his voice, I got weird like chills. Dude, like, wonder you like keep your grew eyes up with you. Yeah, right. And he's super you know nice. This guy. Complete. He is. It's like he knows the responsibility on his shoulders yeah. of being Fred Savage, and he's delivering just hand over fist. Love it, and has great taste in comedy. He's like so like talented, very talented, and now very very uh, hilarious, of course, and like doing it. Been great since he was eight yeah. years old, but then also now can direct like three camera television, which is oh, yeah, very right. difficult. This took a weird turn. Okay, guys, we're still in the middle of this. Can you please <laughs> shut up so I can read the rest of this? <laughs> story guys stop it <laughs> uh it's just at the door and the, the door in the forest yeah. is just we need a minute i had to talk i had to talk my way out of the panic of that okay <laughs> 
So the, the this hiker went inside uh-huh. curiously and found Button sleeping on a cot. Mm. So the hiker called nine one one, and after a standoff with police, Button finally came out and stated, "I'm a wanted man," and remarked that it was quote nice to talk to human beings. Oh my God. Uh, last October, Button received thirty years in prison for his crimes, but the judge gave him a bonus to uh, two hundred thirty days already served for his life on the lamb. Thank you, ladies, for keeping me sane through this pandemic. Wow. My mom is now a big fan. Hi. Despite all the swearing. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, mom. Sorry. In parentheses, it says, oh, well, she says the same thing to me. (laughs) (laughs) I look forward to the day that I can bring her to a live show. Oh, so do we. Stay sexy. And for the love of God, stay out of the forest, Marie. Absolutely. Okay. This okay. All three of mine this week are grandparent stories. Okay. We always love. Um, Always. Dear Karen, Georgia and co. This isn't a murder story, but does fall under some of your categories of interest, namely badass grandparents, survival stories, and flash floods. In the summer, all our favorites. You know, flash floods are our interest. (laughs) They are now. (laughs) They are now. No, it's true. It's just, Mm, you know, one more thing to put on the dating profile. In the summer of 1976, my grandparents, who, by the way, Karen, she gave us their names and they live up to the hype. Irvin and Nancy. Uh, Irvin. Yes. Not enough Irvins anymore. Um, Irvin. Wait, is this story about Magic Johnson? (laughs) All right. Uh, (laughs) They had driven up to Estes Park, a small mountain town in Colorado, to go to their regular square dancing group. Of course. My I know. The way my grandpa used to tell it, on the way home, a huge thunderstorm developed over the mountains, and the night was, quote, blacker than the inside of a cow. <laughs> Irvin, Irvin, you old bullshit, are you? <laughs> it was the kind of Western state summer thunderstorms that are so intense that windshield wipers can't move fast enough to see clearly out of the windshield. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they had to pull over. They stayed in the car until a man started banging on their window and yelling at them to get out of their car and head for higher ground. Oh, shit. My grandparents ended up having to climb the steep canyon walls in their square dancing outfits in the pitch dark and pouring rain. I can fucking picture it now. Shit. Yeah. Swing your partner up the hill. (laughs) (laughs) And do-si-do. And do-si-do. As they climbed, a huge wall of water came down the canyon and swept (gasps) away cars, houses, and parts of the road. Eventually, they had found a group of other people who had climbed up the canyon and took shelter in a van. They spent the night that way, stranded and waiting for the morning to be rescued. Down on the plains, my 19-year-old mom and her older brother had no idea what happened, except that their parents were supposed to be driving back through the flash-flooded canyon, and they hadn't arrived home. They waited out most of the night with their own grandmother until finally getting a call late the next morning that their parents had been rescued by a helicopter and taken to one of the local high schools. The Big Thompson Flood was one of the worst natural disasters in Colorado history. The storm that caused it dumped 12 inches of rain over the canyon in four hours. That's a foot. Huh? That's a foot. (laughs) You're fucking right. 12 inches? That's not right. 12 inches is a foot. Did she mean 12 feet? No, she had to me. I don't know. That's almost that's almost the yearly total of rain. <laughs> I, don't, for, I don't think they could. I don't think it can rain twelve feet in four hours. I don't think. But twelve inches of rain is like up to your your like calf. Well, I bet it's enough. <laughs> We're from California, you guys. We don't. Rain is cute here. 
Listen, listen. Look. You can do a flood. I think of of twelve inches of rain is plenty to do a flood. Well, a flood, a flood doctor, please email us and tell us <laughs> what is a lot of rain. Yep. Okay. That seems like a ton. Great, but they does they do say that that's almost a yearly total of rain for the area in one that they got it all in one night. Oh shit! So they weren't handle they weren't able to handle it. No. On top of that, <laughs> in the steep canyon, all of the water that fell on the hillsides collected in the Big Thompson River, which is why the flood was so swift and devastating. 143 people died and the many and many homes were destroyed. Some of the cars were washed down the river with were only identifiable by their VIN number. The sediment on the, uh, in the water had completely stripped off the paint. Wow. Shit. My grandparents' car was never found. In 2006, three years before she died, my grandma got to meet the man who saved their lives, the guy who banged on the window. <gasps> really? Butch Hutchins. Of course that's his name. <sighs> He said he had stayed away from the flood memorials because he was afraid to learn that he could have done more. Oh, but it's because of him that I got to meet both my grandparents. SSDGM Maya. Wow. Butch Hutchins. Butch. That, was that the name? Butch Hutchins. Butch Hutchins and Nancy and Irvin. Our best oh my. friends. See, you know what? It's true. We don't take like because flooding doesn't affect us that much yeah. it is hard to imagine but like the idea that cars were like unrecognizable yeah. and like that's i mean that's don't make me say that's the power of water but that's, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need you don't need 12 feet so you're oh, the water doctor <laughs> that's what you're saying it's me ask me ama water <laughs> my um do you know my first boyfriend died in a flash flood no yeah that's real sad. That's horrible. I know. Well, he was, he, we were, we weren't together. I was, you know, I was like, like young at the time when we dated, but then we got older as you do. And he went off to go to college and he and his best friend just got caught up in a flash flood, swept under a fucking semi. And oh my God. Died. It's, he was such a wonderful person. It's really tragic. Mike, That's horrible. Mike Lewis. We met at Jewish camp. Oh, sad. Oh, it's so sad and people die young. I know. Okay. Okay. Ready for more bad stuff? Always. <laughs> cool. This is New Jersey's Bermuda Triangle underwater ghost town. Yep. There we go. Hey, you, you, did, La you did Lady of the Lake uh, live show, right? I believe so. Oh, is that the, is that um in one of the Carolinas? Yeah. Or like, Atlanta, yeah. maybe? Oh, maybe. Atlanta? I did like Lelaine, oh, yeah, but yeah. that's not Lady of the Lake. Right. Okay. It is a haunted lake, though. I got sent that, and I, but I thought you did it. I think I did, but uh, I can check. Okay. I don't. Okay, it says, this title is intriguing enough. <laughs> After hearing about a fellow murderino's underwater ghost town in Minnesota 181, I immediately thought of a similar underwater ghost town near my hometown that is also referred to as New Jersey's Bermuda Triangle. Round Valley Reservoir was built in the 1960s in the small town of Lebanon, New Jersey. The state built two dams and flooded the small farming community that once existed at the bottom of the Cushitunk Valley. This included an old schoolhouse and several homes. As water poured in, the remains of the town sank more than 150 feet to the bottom of the reservoir to be forever lost, or so many thought. <laughs> In the 70s, the reservoir and surrounding area became a peaceful place for boating, fishing, swimming, hiking, and scuba diving. There are videos from divers that have gone to the bottom of the reservoir and filmed mm. the old building foundations that still exist below the surface. As many have enjoyed the waters, boaters began to go missing. 
Over the past 50 years, more than two dozen people, that's 24 people, have gone missing and have died while boating fish and fishing in the reservoir. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's a lot. I, believe, I know. I believe the first disappearance was in the early 70s when two men and their boat went missing. All of them. Everything goes down together. Their bodies were never found again, but their boat hit the shore a few days after. Four years later, two friends that went fishing were reported missing by their families. They were last seen sailing on the northern shore of the park when their empty canoe came to shore a few days after they were reported missing. What? The oddest story... From the reservoir happened in the late 1980s. Two friends vanished on a fishing trip on March 18th, 1989. After submarine searches of the water, neither of the men were found. Flash forward to 1993, so like four years later, mm. and the body of one of the men was found preserved, still fully dressed with boots on when a fisherman caught the body with his hook. What? Although it's believed that most of the deaths were from drowning, locals suspected a wind vortex or bad energy from the former farm town are responsible for the strange deaths, pulling boats under the water. Mm. There are still bodies and boats that have yet to be found. Mystery of the reservoir still remains when a human foot without an owner was found in 2012. The FBI and the New Jersey State Police have scraped the bottom of the reservoir looking for human remains of the many who have perished there with no results. Growing up, my friends and I would go to this park all the time and often to do the nefarious, <laughs> often to do the nefarious activities that high schoolers do. Fun, meaning have fun. Just like hanging upside down like bats and trees and stuff. <laughs> Boating, hiking, and camping around the reservoir myself, I was constantly on the lookout for ghost canoes or body parts. Sadly, nothing that crazy has ever happened to me there. My sister lived down the hill from the reservoir for a few years and said it became quite annoying when she would hear helicopters hovering over the park constantly. You would think they wouldn't allow boating anymore. Thank you for being two voices that I listen to while I'm in the midst of anxiety attacks and I need to calm myself down or hey, or accompanying me on a long drive. Despite a pandemic, my partner and I are moving from NYC to Los Angeles and I will need you to go across the country. <laughs> uh, stay out of the forest, but also stay out of the water. Bree. That's crazy to me because I feel like fit people who fish regularly and people who boat are pretty like experienced you know what i mean like they're not just gonna like woo 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 tip out of their boat like probably you and i would do they're like they right. know the rules and they know what to do and what not to do and the you know the aka the yep. rules and <laughs> so that's just creepier you know what i mean it's yes and it's also when you think of like if two um fishermen go out uh in the really early morning mm -hmm. something could happen and it's like say yeah. it, just say it's a rogue wave on a lake which i don't even know if that's possible no rogue wave on a lake boom they're in the water it's over and no one saw it or heard it like that idea uh, 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 and i won't even get into the reality of the lock mess Nest monster absolutely coming up and knocking you out of your totally. Place. I mean, that's what so I thought. Could, you know, water lake like lake ex, lake experts lake doctors is a rogue wave possible? <laughs> ex, lake exports <laughs> experts exports. <laughs> Jesus, I can't speak today. <laughs> All right, uh, this is another grandpa story, and Great. it starts. Hey, sexy ladies, mustache and pets. Hmm, kind of reductive, but I like it. I like it. <laughs> I recently got. Got hooked on your podcast after my baby sister bought me an MFM logo pin, the proceeds of which go to Beam. My story has to do with the day I found out that my grandfather killed a man. 
Grandpa was born in 1929 in a tiny town in Kentucky and dropped out of school in seventh grade because back then it was a totally legit thing to do. (laughs) From what I know of my grandpa, he was a hands-on learner who could do just about any job you threw at him. This man taught himself how to repair lawnmowers. Who even does that these days? (laughs) Amen. Yeah. He worked hard his whole life and had some amazing stories about being a ranch hand for a bit. And I will never tire of repeating his quote, you could get yourself a quarter and buy a Coke and a bag of peanuts and see a movie stories. (laughs) (laughs) Simpler times. Anyway, in 2009, my grandpa had a sudden decline in health and needed hospice care. Our family had been at his house for the past several days, keeping my grandmother company as my grandpa passed. And when my dad suggested we'd go to lunch while at lunch, my dad somewhat casually mentioned that my grandpa had actually accidentally killed his best friend when they were young adults. Apparently, my grandpa and his friend would run moonshine because of because of fucking course they did. It was Kentucky. Mm. And on one such run, my grandpa was driving after drinking some of their product. He crashed the truck and ended up killing his friend in the accident. Oh, no. I know. My dad told me that grandpa never drank again and was, of course, heartbroken over his friend's death. Hours after my dad told me this tale, my grandpa ended his time on this earth. It was a totally wild experience for me to hear that my sweet grandpa had lived with this guilt and pain for 60 plus years. I was a sophomore in college when he passed and this family story directly influenced my strong stance on drinking responsibly. Stay sexy and for the love of God, don't drink and drive. S. Oh, wow. I know. So I thought of carrying that with you your whole life. Horrible sad thing because of what i mean we used to talk about that all the time that i made so many incredibly Mm. irresponsible decisions in the 90s and the i could have very easily killed someone with my car very easily totally so many times or or even just gotten a dui or just like ruined your own life yeah uh, like you're not i I was you're not trying my hardest you're not special you're not going to get away with something like that if you (sighs) chance it it's crazy and sometimes if you do get away with it that you live with that yeah horrible feeling of like jesus christ it's so irresponsible totally all right i'm sorry i said that you're not special everyone you're all special (laughs) to me it hurt it hurt me deeply If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound... 
means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made-in, made-in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. Uh, okay, well, this is a grandpa one, too. And we're going back to Wisconsin. Okay, ready? Yeah. Hello, all, human and animal. This isn't so much a hometown murder, but a connection to a serial killer. First, a little background. I grew up in a small town in rural southwest Wisconsin, and my grandpa is a funeral director. Growing up in a funeral home is probably what made me the murderino I am today. I swear it's not really as weird as it sounds. One day when I was at home for a visit, my mom and I started talking about true crime, as one does. I asked her if grandpa had ever dealt with any murders in our town. She paused for a moment and then proceeded to tell mm. me the best story I've heard about my grandpa. When my grandpa was in mortuary school, he and his classmate were called out to a crime scene to help with some bodies. That crime scene was none other than Ed Gein's house. What? <laughs> Holy shit. Right? My grandpa was there when they arrested Ed Gein. What he says he remembers most of the house was that the normalness of the scene. There was a pot boiling on the stove like he was getting ready for lunch. Super creepy. Mm. No, that's not the creepiest mm -mm. one. Wasn't scene, he boiling right? a head or something? 
I mean, that's, I don't know. He could have all, they could have been like top ramen in one pot and then his mother's skull in another. I can't remember. Um, now because my grandpa was in mortuary school, he was there to deal with any dead bodies. He and his classmate had to collect and bag all the body parts that were found in Ed Gein's home, including the skin lamp and the nipple belt. Ew. Ugh. To make it worse, they found the body of his last victim. Yep. That's the one I was thinking of, which is the woman that was in the, out in the garage to make it worse they found the body of his last victim bernice warden but had not found her head Mm. again my grandpa had to help search the whole house for her head eventually they found it wrapped up in a sailor a wool sailor coat in a trunk my grandpa still has a scrapbook of all the news clippings of ed gein's case and arrest if you ask him he'll tell you about it holy shit (laughs) my grandpa my grandpa is such a sweet quiet kind man hearing the story about him just makes me love him all that much more anyway i love you and your podcast it helps me through times of depression and makes me feel like I wasn't a weirdo for liking crime. Thanks for all you do. A bonus story. There was once a farmer that came into the funeral home having died of a supposed heart attack. When they were, when they were preparing the body, my grandpa found that there was actually a bullet in the man's heart. The police investigated and discovered the hired man that worked on the farm had actually shot the farmer. I can't remember the motivation, but he would have gotten away with it if it wasn't for my guy. That was from EJ. Thank you. That's wow. unbelievable. Horrible. I mean, like, I don't care what business you decided you wanted yeah. to go into. Nobody was like, and this is where I'd like to end up. Totally. Ed Gein's house. Ed Gein's a mental melt meltdown home. Yeah, there's nothing that prepares you no matter how much like how comfortable you are working with dead bodies. There's nothing that's going to like mentally prepare you for that probably. Hopefully. Yeah, because you you're supposed to work with dead bodies. Yeah. Some guy on a farm is not supposed no. to have a house full of dead bodies. <laughs> totally. That's that's look, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it. It Did, was uh, wrong. I think that was from Buddha who said that. <laughs> it was wrong. It was wrong what Ed Gein did. <laughs> slash Buddha. Strong stance by Dash. Karen Kilgareth. Dash Osho. That's the old quote. Okay, here's <laughs> another dumpster. Pinterest quote. <laughs> what? I said that's my Pinterest quote. Oh, got it. Okay. Um, This one's a, a grandparent story and a dumpster treasure story oh, this is full circle uh-huh hello friendos <laughs> <laughs> thank you we sound like a cereal i love it i just listened to minisode 182 where y'all asked for dumpster treasure stories and i had to write in my grandfather was the most influential person in my life and was such a steadfast source and of advice and support during my challenging high school and college years hmm. when he died two years ago after a two-year battle with als i asked my grandmother if i could take his favorite Uh, blue cardigan and she said yes and then asked if I knew the story behind it when her grandfather my great-grandfather was dropping off their garbage at the local dump in Wakefield Michigan he came across a box filled to the brim with old clothes he dug through it and found the blue cardigan after trying it on he decided to keep it my great-grandmother was appalled that he would take home a quote dumpster sweater (laughs) and insisted that he get rid of it. However, my incredibly strong-willed Finnish great-grandfather decided to keep it and only wear it when he went to work. A couple years later, my great-grandmother found it, found the cardigan sitting in his work case, and she tried to get rid of it again, but he found out and told her that he would give it away instead. And I could fucking imagine, like, picture this grandfather cardigan, blue cardigan, can't you? Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. We probably have had it in our closets at some point in our lives. Like, oyster, the oyster shell button. Uh-huh. Like, like four of them. Like, there's, like, a yeah. little 
bottom V. Crocodile or on the lapel. <laughs> sure. <laughs> my grandmother had just met my grandfather a few months prior and they had just started dating. My great grandfather loved my grandfather and decided to give him the cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> my, my grandfather came from a very, very poor family and decided to take it because most of his clothes were filled with holes and old. Fast forward 60 years and that same blue cardigan is now sitting in my closet. I love that he gave it to somewhere like that the, the great grandmother would have to see regularly. <laughs> it's pretty great. Also, it's like a gift until you go like, I got that at the dump. <laughs> yeah, it was Here, great. Take this gift. You thought it was a wonderful gift. It's crazy to think that my favorite blue cardigan was discovered in the early 1950s at a dump in Wakefield, Michigan. But I'm so glad I have it now. It makes me feel so much more connected to my grandfather and even my great grandfather who passed away a few weeks before I was born. Thank you guys for all you do. I am going on to school to get my master's in nursing and I wouldn't be where I am today without you both normalizing getting help for my crippling anxiety and depression. Yay! Oh, nice. Y'all rock. Stay sexy and socially distance, y'all. Kindly live. <laughs> Amazing story. Oh, I, I love it. I miss thrifting so much. It's very sad. <sighs> I miss thrifting in the late 80s, 90s when there was actually true treasure yeah. to discover. Before the before eBay. Yeah. I mean, you had to do it yourself. Yeah, and all the like, all the old stuff was there. Yeah, <laughs> and you could really find treasure, 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 true. Sometimes it smelled. Sometimes you brought moths home to your. Some, look, sometimes you were genuinely poor and just needed a shirt. <laughs> Fifty cents for a shirt. Sometimes <laughs> you weren't being cute. No, you needed it. <laughs> but you also look cute while you did it. But you look cute because you were you could young. make cute choices because you were young and you have no idea. Um, send us any story. Complimentary at this point. Yeah, we. Just, you know what's good. Yeah, you know what's compelling. Right. Uh, my favorite murder at Gmail. Or you can go on our website. My favorite murder.com there's a place to send in your hometowns or there's like a forum on the fan cult too fan where everyone cult. just shares each other's stories it's cool stay sexy and don't get murdered goodbye, goodbye. yeah elvis do you want a cookie <laughs>